0: And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. It's time to talk about our old pal, Steven singer. Not many people know this, but Steven singer started out as a jewelry and diamond wholesaler selling nationally to other jewelry stores. So why did he open his own store? He saw other jewelers focusing on the wrong things. The jewelry business was about playing pricing games just to make a buck. Steven wanted to help people celebrate love with diamonds. He never wanted to be in the jewelry business. You heard, right? He's in the love business. Steven Singer jewelers is the love store, not the sex toys and jelly type of love store. It's the place to buy real diamond jewelry for your real love. Steven's been in the love business for over four decades because he knew he could deliver better quality jewelry at a much better price and treat people like friends, not paychecks. No gotchas, no sales, no hassle, just easy and fun. The smartest way to buy jewelry and diamonds for the moments that matter. Most it's real diamonds from a real jeweler. You can trust call chat, text, zoom, or visit a showroom or online at I hate And when you think of real love and trust, you gotta be talking about, I hate Steven Okay. Let's just be honest with each other. If you're listening to this, there's a 98% chance you're a dude. And there's also a pretty good chance. If you go to your significant other and you say, honey, I think we should refinance with this wrestling podcast guy. She's going to look at you like, huh? And I get that, but let me just put a little bug in your ear, cruise on over and check out the reviews for us. Here's what people are saying. Christina in Lancaster, Ohio gave us a five-star review. She says the team was extremely responsive knowledgeable, helpful with all our questions and time. The process was very quick and simple, and we were shocked at how easily everything came together. Thank you for that review, Christina. Here's what Brian in Moorhead, Minnesota said. If you want to refinance, choose these guys. They walked me through every step and they were great to work with. Here's what Lewis said in Kalamazoo, Michigan, great communication, very friendly and knowledgeable staff. Here's what Lauren said in Monroe, Connecticut. Conrad made the process easy and was a pleasure to work with. Here's what Bailey said in Maryville, Tennessee. I was looking to refinance my mortgage. First family made it easy and efficient. I got a great rate and I was very pleased with the outcome. What about Jeffrey in Michigan? He gave us a five-star review and he wrote, everyone was helpful and patient with some of our local lenders, not wanting to help find the missing documents. I get it. It's a wrestling podcast, but he's saving us money on our mortgage. You really trust this process? The reviews don't lie five-star review after five-star review. We make it fast. We make it easy and it's no cost or obligation. Give us a shot to earn your business. I'm telling you, you'll be glad you did. Especially if you like keeping more of your own money, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. So what are you waiting for? Hurry to save with conrad.com number six, five zero eight four equal housing lender. Get yourself a quick quote right now. Interest rates are on the rise and you don't want to miss it. Waiting will only cost you money. Hurry. Save with Conrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson and you're listening to Arn. And of course we couldn't do it without the hall of famer, the founder of the four horsemen, the creator of the spine buster. He is double a, he is Arn Anderson. Normally I would say, Hey Arn, how are you, man? But not today. Instead, we're going to take a time out from what we've been doing as we stroll through Arne's career episodically, if you will, month by month, we're breaking it down, but I wanted to run a time out before we talked about Starcade 85. Starcade 85 is coming up next week, and we're going to talk about the fallout from that from December of 85, but today I wanted to give you guys a bit of a change of pace. We did something kind of fun not too long ago back on adfreeshows.com. We did ask arn now instead of just tweeting questions to arn or the arn show on twitter you actually got to have a zoom with arn anderson you got to see arn arn got to see you and then of course you got to ask your question to arn and i thought hey what better way to go ahead and take a time out and give everybody who's been subscribed to the arn show for quite a while a little taste of our old format with ask arn but also give you a peek behind the curtain to see what's happening over at adfreeshows.com We're on the heels of an incredible weekend over Top Guy Weekend. If you haven't already, I recommend you check it out. It's adfreeshows.com. Now, as a top guy, not only do you get to do things like Zooms with Arn Anderson and Kurt Angle and Jim Ross and et cetera, et cetera, but you also get once a year to have what has been described to me as the best wrestling weekend of my life. This past Labor Day weekend in Chicago, of course, AEW presented all out. And a lot of people are saying it might be one of the best wrestling pay-per-views of all time. But before we got there, we had a bit of a celebration. We had a fun little welcome video and then Jeff Jarrett and myself read mean tweets about each other on stage, which is always fun. And then (laughs) our friend, Eric Michelle fired back. In a way that only he can. Now, when we've done Eric Fires Back before on adfreeshows.com, Eric just heard the clip. This time, we pulled video from old shoot interviews and then let Eric respond piece by piece. It was hilarious. Of course, everybody got to uh, go ahead and meet Jeff and Eric and get their pictures made and do some autographs. But then Mike Kyoto did a really fun mailbag, except in person. And unbelievably, Mike pulled no punches. He told exactly the way he felt about WWE and some unbelievable stories that frankly, we just couldn't air. And I'm glad are not out there right now. Uh, but maybe the most fun of all on Friday night, we did rebels karaoke. That's right. Rebel from AEW came over along with Tony Schiavone. They did a bunch of karaoke, but not just with the folks in the crowd, but with half the dog on roster from AEW. Hell even Tony Khan stopped by. But the next day we got started early with the Kurt angle show where you got to ask Kurt anything you want. And then of course, get your pictures and autograph with Kurt. Everybody got a huge prize bag or swag bag as soon as they came through, but then they got their chance to get their picture made with Kurt. I also want to mention that Kurt's world title. That's right. The big Eagle, his first WWF championship was there, not a replica the belt the same one that was used in the main event of wrestlemania 17 for rock and austin it was there along with both of his tna world titles and of course then it was time to throw the retro button on tony Schiavone got to uh, entertain us along with his old pal david crockett who was a special guest surprise they watched the epic moment when dusty Rhodes was attacked in the parking lot of jim crockett promotions by the four horsemen and then of course they told some stories and well, let's just say the uh, drinks were flowing. Then of course you got to have your picture made with Jim Crockett promotions, very own David Crockett and Tony Schiavone. Tony would even throw on the old JCP jacket. If you wanted, he had the actual big gold belt there and they came out with the actual ring used NWA world tag team titles. It was a lot of fun. If you're an old school wrestling nerd like me, but how about this? Right after that, it was time to put Jim Ross on stage. And we, re- we reunited him, easy for me to say, with Jerry the King Lawler. Yet another surprise. Afterwards, of course, you got pictures and autograph with both JR and the King. And then it was time for Arn Anderson to take the stage. And he wanted to talk about tag team wrestling. And he brought a couple of his friends. FTR were there. Again, pictures and autographs. And they watched an old school Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nine Hart taking on Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard from SummerSlam. They broke down the match. They discussed the psychology, what they did, why they did it, how they did it. It was like a master's class in tag team wrestling, but we still weren't done. Then it was time for us to take the stage with Jeff Jarrett. And unbelievably, we reunited him with Scott Demore. That's right. The impact wrestling executive. Now, if you've been keeping up the last time those two guys were in the same room, there was a judge present. They were in a courtroom, but we put them back together on stage, telling stories about the good old days of TNA including some hilarious impressions that you wouldn't hear anywhere else. But then as if that wasn't enough, the main event, we got a chance to have Eric Bischoff sit down with Tony Schiavone and watch war games from 1996, which was most notable because that's the infamous moment where the NWO had the fake sting and the real sting revealed that, Hey, I was not with the NWO. And that was the next to last time we would see sting As the surfer sting, of course, after that, it was all about the crow sting. But actually, before we press play on that, we wanted to show what the giant was up to the giant wrestled, uh, the macho man, Randy Savage on that pay-per-view. So in order to do that, we brought out Paul white himself. How's that for a big surprise, the big show at ad free shows, top guy weekend. Of course, when big show decided to exit stage left, we brought out somebody else to help commentate our main event, which was the very controversial Mark Madden. But we weren't done the big surprise, the coup de gras, if you will, the man called sting joined us on stage as we talked about the main event and how he became the crow and never looked back. How's that for a 25th anniversary celebration. All of this happened at top guy weekend. There were no additional charges. You showed up, you had a great time. Atlas security was there to make sure that everyone was safe and secure. But I'm thinking if you're thinking what I'm thinking, you need to secure your spot to be with us next year at top guy weekend, go sign up for an annual, or at least take a look and see what we got going on over there at ad-free shows. It costs nothing to look as Jim Ross says, but without further ado, let's go ahead and play a little bonus action from ad-free shows, a very exclusive ask on and we'll be back next week as we talk about Starcade 85 and the fallout from December of 1985. But now, here's Ask Orn from adfreeshows.com.
1: Push members who are going to get their questions answered live today. I'm Christy being joined by another member of our ad free shows family. He has most recently been covering his early. Uh, career with Jim Crockett Promotions on his podcast, The Arn Show, which I know you all are listening to on a weekly basis. He is also a Hall of Famer and on the road with AEW, where he serves as a producer, a manager, and probably a whole lot of other things. Uh, This guy is an original four horseman, a tag team legend, and a four-time world TV champion. That is his title. You know who he is. It's Arn Anderson. Hey, Arn.
2: Well, how do I follow that? Boy, you made well, just sound- by being you, sir. Well, I'll try. You certainly made me sound like a big deal. So let's uh, let's give it a try. Welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing? Yeah, Thanks for being here. I can't wait to
1: hear from everybody, and I am going to go ahead and open up this chat. I know they have some questions ready for you to roll already, and we are going to start tonight with uh, Brad Stanton kicking us off. Brad, how are you doing tonight? I'm going to find you, but you go ahead and just toss your question up to Arn.
3: Hey, how are you? Hey, Arn, it's nice to finally meet you. I haven't been able to get on here with you yet.
2: Where are you at, Brad?
3: I'm right here.
2: Me? No, no, but where are you coming from? Where's home?
3: Oh, um, right outside Philadelphia.
2: Okay, then. That's horseman country up there.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, for yeah. Sure.
2: So, <laughs> so thanks, I, thanks, thanks for joining us. Number one, that goes out to yourself and everybody else. Uh, uh, we sure appreciate
3: it. Well, thank you so much. So um, I, I'm really happy for you that your son has joined you in the business. And... I um so I've been in the car business for 20 years and I always say that I don't want my kids anywhere near the car business and I was just wondering uh as you were going through um you know your wrestling career and and you started having a family did you ever say that to yourself that you didn't want your kids to be in this business at all
2: you know I didn't form an opinion um I never encouraged him or discouraged him ever. And, uh, my first son, Barrett, my older son, he never led any, any inkling, uh, that he wanted to be in the business. So it wasn't one of those things that we even discussed. I mean, it was, I think he could see and along with his mom that man, it's time consuming. It's, it's tough business, you know, coming home hurt. And, traveling and being gone all the time and missing everything. Now with the younger one, we didn't have a lot of discussions about that. I was already retired as a wrestler before he came along. So the only capacity he knew, you know, me and the business is being a producer and backstage stuff and not actually being a wrestler. And he didn't, uh, he didn't bring it up until one day he was about a sophomore in high school. And, uh he just were sitting there watching something on TV sports of some sort and he looked over at me and and had either seen something online or read a podcast or just just something and he just asked me a question what do you dad what what do you think about this was this a good idea or and i said what are you talking about he and it was a wrestling question and i went what what makes you ask and he said uh Well, I've been uh, watching some stuff and studying and, uh, you know, I would, you know, might like to give it a try. And I went, hmm, okay. So I tell you what, it's way too early to be talking about that. Uh, But I tell you what, today's world, you got to have an education. You got to be computer literate and all these extra things. You go to college, you graduate, you get a degree. And then, if you still want to be a wrestler after all that, and you've got that backup, I'll uh, help you all I can. And that's the way it went down. And after he graduated from ECU, I said, "Well, what do you think?" And he said, "Yep," because I knew, I knew if I let him get in that ring. Before he graduated college, his whole thought process would change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He would not have graduated. It's a dad. What are we waiting on? This is what I want to do. So once he graduated, we got started.
3: Well, congratulations on that. That was really a fun episode uh, of Dynamite to Watch. Thank and you. I made my, I made my whole family. I made my wife watch it and uh, say, do, do they look alike? You think they look alike? <laughs> and, uh, I showed them some uh, previous pictures of you, you know, and then put them next to each other. But uh, yeah. anyway, the, the format, the new format you have weekly is great. Uh, so keep it up. And uh, thank you for answering my question. I appreciate it.
2: Hey, thank you. And I'm glad you're ever, you're happy with the new format and we're just going to, we're going to slow down and enjoy some of the things together. Um, you know, that happened backstage and the real life part of being in the business, not just matches, you know, the stories and the friendships and all that. And I think that's what appeals to me and uh, hopefully it'll appeal to you guys. Yeah.
0: Thanks again. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you, Brad. It can be a little frustrating, especially if
0: you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing, waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever to the naked eye. Trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are. And they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop over a mile to stop by that time. It's too late. And the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. And if the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't.
1: Awesome. Oh, well, I loved hearing about uh, your son getting involved in the business. I figured somebody was going to ask that one. And we have AJ coming up next with a question. AJ, how you doing?
4: I'm doing good. And yourself, Christie?
1: I am well, thank you. What do you got for Arn tonight?
4: Well, Arn, I want to echo Brad's sentiment. I have really been enjoying the new Arn episodes like going through your life. This is actually better than a book with you telling your stories. I've been enjoying it so much. So thank you for that.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. That seems to be the, the consensus, and uh, I'm glad everybody pretty much across the board's happy with what we're doing so far.
4: My question for you, Arn, is when you first came over to WWE, you had your little stint with Flair where you got your big WrestleMania moment with the spine buster to the Undertaker, which was amazing because I did not see that coming. So that's one of those great moments. It's like, oh, Arne, there he is with the spine buster. After that, you know you were more backstage. was there any other opportunities presented to you to maybe be more of an on-screen character maybe a manager to somebody or doing something else besides just doing your backstage stuff after that or or was you not interested in that?
2: Well to be honest with you, and uh, most people don't know this, but I was not cleared to do anything physical with my neck mm-hmm. in WCW uh, they the doctor, my doctor that did the surgery just said, Hey, look, you know, I tried to get him to release me. And he said, as long as I'm your doctor, you will never wrestle again. There's just, your neck won't handle it. You know, you cannot handle it. You don't have the tools anymore. So when I did that deal with the undertaker, I still had not been cleared. Uh, So we got away with one and it was my WrestleMania moment. I was so honored and thrilled to be in that, in that situation, and it worked out well, and it was one of those things that you can kind of hang your hat on. But uh, be honest with you, it was not a consideration because your your body tells you, and it wasn't just the doctor telling me. Hey AJ, when mm-hmm. your body when your body says you're done, when a little bitty guy, 140 pounds, kind of smacks you on the back and says, "How you doing?" and it sends a shock down your body getting suplexed and slammed and all that's out of the question. So, you know, unless you're an idiot, you better listen to your body.
4: <laughs> I think that's some great advice for all of us, no matter the age, listen to your body. Um, but I really appreciate you. I'm glad you got your WrestleMania in arm, but there was, there was no opportunities like like you do now with AEW with Cody kind of coming up being a coach. There was never an opportunity presented to you like that from somebody but like, hey, why don't you come out there and be like the voice for this young guy or anything like that in WWE? Was that never offered?
2: No, sir. It was not. Um, it was one of those situations that, that I might've been thrilled to do it had it came up, but, um, the position they had for me was what I was doing. And they, to be honest with you, there was never a time other than just some, some goofy backstage stuff. You know, we did some shock, a little shock master bit. And then I did something with, uh, Ascension and, and, uh, those guys, the other guys, are kind of mighty um, backstage. But it was just, you know, comedy parts, nothing with any teeth in it. So who knows? Never presented itself. So I never got a chance to evaluate it one way or the other.
4: Oh, I think it would have been great if you got the opportunity, Arn. But uh, just thank you for taking the time to speak with us this afternoon. I really appreciate it. And I uh, can't wait to see what's next for Arn on the Arn episodes. I'm looking forward to more history
2: please do and please uh keep watching the show and let, let me think you know let me know what you think about the kid he's uh he's good he's good kid and I think he's got a lot to offer the business and uh we'll see how he develops okay all right thank you arn thank you
1: another great question we're going to Adam O'Neill next Adam I see you there all the way from Scotland is that right? Ireland's Ireland. Oh, I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's a terrible snafu. All right,
5: <laughs> uh, good. How are you today, Christy?
1: I am so well. Thank you so much.
6: No better at all. Aaron, how are you keeping?
2: Well, now, listen, Christy, I'll let you in on something. If that would have been me that made that mistake, he would be chewing my ass out right now. <laughs> you got away with one for obvious reasons. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can do that every once I, in a while. Yes but I better not push it, right, Adam?
2: Wow.
5: <laughs> She's only new. We leave her off this thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, how are you doing, man? Everything good, Adam? All good now, Aaron and herself. Very good, thanks. That's great. That's
7: great. So look, Aaron, um, just a quick question. Um, so recently I've been listening to Renee Paquette's podcast. And there was an episode where she had the actor Paul Walter Hauser on. And during that, he was talking about how he used to love The Four Horsemen growing up. And he said that um, if there was a movie on The Four Horsemen, the person he'd love to play in this would be yourself. And so the question kind of came to my mind, like, if you had, um, if there was a movie on The Four Horsemen, who would you like to play you?
2: I don't know anybody that could do me better than me. Do you?
7: (laughs) i don't that's the answer i was actually expecting to be honest
2: (laughs) you know what and i know that sounds pompous and ridiculous but you know i know who i am Uh, i've always known who i am and since i've looked 40 since i was 14 (laughs) i think there would with some hollywood magic we could we could you know paint up and patch up and put another coat of paint on me and uh magic and uh maybe cover the the span of years that we needed to but i really believe i could do me so if anybody wants to make a movie let's talk
7: a few extra dollars would be nice as well
2: <laughs> yeah yes sir and you know what for you bringing it up i'll send you a stipend how about that
7: that's great lovely thank you very much arn
2: thank you
1: oh i love that thank you so much adam arn what about maybe your son playing you in a, in a film what do you think about that
2: now there's a something I hadn't thought about. Sure. Does
1: he does he have some acting chops? Is that something that he's interested in at all? Do you know?
2: You know, this is a frightening thought and it's horrifying. But he is a mini me, oh, okay. and so, once yeah. he's been around long enough, that the audience will accept him being himself. He's he's a real smartass. He's just like the old man. So, <laughs> could he pull it off? Yes, hundred percent.
0: You know, we're learning as we listen to this Arn broadcast every week that Arn was getting better at his craft. He was perfecting his craft. He was learning how to work with anybody. He was learning how to have a good match with anybody. Back in the day in wrestling, they called that a mechanic. Now these days, if you're a mechanic, you're going to get a deal on your, on your auto parts, if you go down to the corner store, but if you're like you and I, well, they're going to charge you up to twice as much. Can you believe that? Just recently discovered that if you walk into one of those national chains that sells car and auto parts, they're going to charge you up to twice as much if you're a do-it-yourselfer for the same stuff. Now, that's never the case at RockAuto.com. You see, our friends at RockAuto.com are a family-owned business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for like 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've even got stuff like engine control modules or carpet for your car or brake parts or tail lamps or motor oil, whether it's a classic or a daily driver, everything you need is available right now at rockauto.com. And in just a few clicks, you can get it delivered directly to your door. This online catalog at rockauto.com is so easy. Even Arn can do it. And that's saying something. He refers to himself as a high tech redneck. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, choose the specs, and the prices you prefer. And best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low, and get this the same for everyone. I don't really dig the way that these uh, stores have been handling the pricing on this. This seems unfair. RockAuto to the rescue, man. RockAuto.com has an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car or truck will ever need. It's rockauto.com. So do me a favor. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just take a look. And when you find what you're looking for, write in ARN in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. That's rockauto.com. And when you get to that How Did You Hear About Us box, just write in ARN.
1: Oh uh, well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I get that. Uh, Hornet's Beard Guy, you are up next. How you doing? What do you got for Arn?
8: Oh, uh, I'm doing very well, and uh, this is the first time I've had an opportunity to chat with Arn. So uh, thank you. Um, and of course, if you haven't already guessed, I'm coming right here from Flair Country, Charlotte, North Carolina. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, digging the podcast, especially here in all the old um, Charlotte you know, wrestling stories. And, um, you know, that could truly be a, uh, like an entire podcast in and of itself. Just you telling all the stories when you're here, here in town, I'm pretty sure it could be done. A um, couple questions. First, a sports question, then a food related question. Um, have you been, do you have an outlook for the Carolina Panthers for this season? Have you been following any training camps, any any uh, good or bad? What are you feeling about the Panthers this season?
2: Well, for day one, this family has been huge Panther fans. You know, it's the home team. Uh, love football, love sports. And uh, I was just scared to death uh, during the offseason that, you know, our tailback number 22 was is mm-hmm. such a prize
8: CMC to anybody
2: better. that had him, were you afraid that he might get traded for a plethora of players or some He's huge? He's a stud. Mistake?
8: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking he would have gotten traded. I mean, that you know, especially with uh, Keekly retiring, if if uh, Christian McCaffrey would have gotten traded, I mean, that would have been. You're talking about a a rebuild entirely, and I okay. think now they're trying to build the team around you know number twenty two.
2: They just need to get a double-tough fullback that can take some snaps, get some yardage, take some of those carries away from them, in my estimation, but not just be a blocking fullback. I think we've, you know, the NFL's evolved to where now fullbacks can catch passes, they can run, they can do all those things. And it'll give you a variety if that guy is a top-notch running back you know, what's wrong with putting them both in the backfield on a given time to where you don't just know who's getting the handoff? I think that's the issue. We don't have a lot of mystery on running downs. It's given to McCaffrey. And uh, like any running back, he's going to take a lot of abuse. So they need to be some alternatives as far as who's getting some reps.
9: Yeah,
8: well, we'll see. I mean, he needs to just maybe put the spine buster to a couple of those guys this this season and – you Know get them like that, like that fire under <laughs> them, and let's get to the playoffs. Uh, second question When you do have time at home here in Charlotte, um, where do you like to get a bite to eat? Where can we see Arn Anderson?
2: Um, it's a
8: good local place, beef, local. And bo-
2: beef and bottle is incredible. Okay, Over okay. On South Boulevard, you know, where that, oh, is? Yeah.
8: yeah, 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 not too far from uh, the uh, JJ's uh, Red Hots, I think,
2: it, and it's like r- in the yeah, if, you, if it's uh, Billy Graham and South Boulevard, if, if you're coming off the interstate and you're heading up Billy Graham and uh, you get to a South Boulevard, you make a left, and it's about a quarter of a mile up on the left. It just looks okay. like a, a just a shack. But man, right. they have If you like fried oysters and you like big steaks and you like oh, uh, to me. crab dip, brother, they are phenomenal. Come on now. Phenomenal. Yes, sir. Uh, Nakata, Nakado's Japanese steakhouse over on 51. Yep. It's probably, we've been going there since it opened. I don't know how long that's been, 20 years plus. Awesome. Awesome. Food. I'll
8: tell you what, my favorite place is uh, South 21 Junior.
2: Now I'm sure my wife is out right there. Is that the place that has great breakfast? Is that the same yes. place I'm thinking about?
8: Yes. Over off, yeah. oh, yep. Right there off, uh, not too, you know, going down Tryon a little bit there you go yes sir uh,
2: there's some there's some hidden gems you know in charlotte you bet if you search if you search a uh,
8: guy but, like me it, trust me good eats aren't hard to find
2: well i like to eat too you know it's one of those <laughs> things that guys are we're grown-ass men we can enjoy a good meal right
8: come on now yes sir all right well thank you that's all i got for you
2: okay and hey uh, my son the youngest one is a diehard Hornets fan too, as well. So
8: well, I thought I'd throw you i throw you a curveball there. I you know, I didn't want to ask you. I want to ask you about football. I know you're a big Panthers fan, so I didn't know how much you knew about the, the new the new era of the Charlotte Hornets team. But perhaps the next the next zoom you're on, I'll have a chance to ask you about the Charlotte Hornets.
2: How do you think off the top of your head our that first draft pick was? Was that a good call? Oh,
8: James Booknight? Oh, still. We won the draft again. We won the draft last year with Lamella Ball. We won it again this year, number eleven. That's always been a lucky, lucky pick for us. Um, you know, we got Kai Jones, another first round pick. I was actually at the Spectrum Center last night for the draft party, so we got some good guys oh, in there. Nice. Young, young team, young team. Playoff, playoff bound, no doubt this year for sure.
2: I'm gonna take you at your word.
8: <laughs> all right, all righty. Thank you, sir. Thanks, thanks for your time.
2: Thanks for for uh, for popping in.
8: You bet.
1: Oh, and speaking of love and food, uh, Arne and I were just talking before we got on here about how Friday night is pizza night at both of our houses. So uh, anybody else having pizza tonight? Just us? Yeah. Maybe Michael McClanahan, who is coming in next with a question. Michael, there you are. What's up? Hi,
5: Christy. How are you? Thank you for hosting this again. And Arne, as always, very, very nice to get to talk to you.
2: Thank you, Michael. Thanks for popping in, man. I appreciate it. What's going on?
5: No problem. First, I just want to say like everybody else, I love the new autobiographical format of the podcast. I think it's something really unique and it's great to hear these stories directly from your perspective. But if you don't mind, I'd actually like to talk about a topic that's a little bit more current. I know recently CM Punk has been making news about a potential return, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to go back to money in the bank 2011 which was 10 years ago right around the time of the infamous pipe bomb promo and i was curious do you have any memories of that time frame of maybe working with john cena and cm punk did you have any involvement in the in structuring the money in the bank ladder match and if not do you just have any general memories of that time frame that you could share with us this evening thank you so much for your time by the way
2: oh thank you guys you kidding me we appreciate you uh I had pretty much all of John Cena's matches from day one up until probably the last eight months or so that that uh, I was there. And uh, some other guys started taking a few of his matches. Um, but, but I took them from day one and worked with John and had a skull session every Monday sometimes every Monday, Tuesday with John and, uh, punk, if I remember correctly, you know, was suffering for some health issues and, you know, he was over big time with our audience and he kept plugging along and, uh, he had a nagging injury that he just couldn't shake. And I think the big issue was he needed some time to heal up and that was not being provided. Now don't, hold me this 100% because the closed door meetings between punk and, and the powers that be that were things that were kept personal and confidential but i know the pipe bomb you know promo's really got over because they were as close to reality i guess as you could possibly be if not 100% uh so you know i just remember thinking at that time i just remember stopping walking through the backstage area, and he was sitting there in a chair, you know, with his back kind of to the walkway. And I just stopped and said, you know, how you doing, man? I mean, you know, you're, you know, you're okay. And he just looked up over his shoulder and kind of turned around and we just said, I'm hurting, man. And guys in our business don't usually say that you don't ring the dinner bell that, Hey, you may have to be off a while and somebody come get your position so, you know, it's not one of those things you talk about unless it's really bad. And that's what I took from it. And and uh, pretty soon he was. He was gone.
5: No problem. Thank you for answering that. And did you have any specific memories of structuring matches with him and John Cena? Does anything stick out about, like, anything in particular about their matches. I was just curious if you had any insights from working directly with the two of them on any particular bouts that they had.
2: Well, when they, you know, John had gotten to a point when he, when he started working with Punk that those guys, John was far enough along that he could, you know, he knew the business and Punk knew the business and they trusted each other. They wanted to work together. So most of that, I'm sure they put together themselves, which is the way it should be. You know, it shouldn't be at that level, me telling you what you need to do in the ring. You need to be telling me what you're going to do, and I need to just be writing it down and calling it to the truck, because at that level, it's top, you know, you're number one company in the world, you're two top guys, it's your show, you should be running it.
5: Absolutely. Again, thank you so much for your time, and those were great answers. Always nice to talk to you.
2: Thank you, Michael
0: fall is here and we can all use a stiff breeze that's right this episode is sponsored by blue chew guys confidence can take you far in life it can also help in the bedroom especially when it comes time to step up to the plate and that's where blue chew comes in blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra and cialis but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost you can take them anytime day or night so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity <clears throat> arises. The process is simple. You sign up at bluetooth.com, you consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct to your door, all in a discreet package. And this has been a game changer for my household, and I'm sure it will for you. Uh, if you're like me, you want to have a good time on vacation. So as I've had to miss an episode here or there, rest assured somewhere I was out of town and blue Chew was, uh, around. And, uh, here's the thing. There's, uh, nothing sexier than confidence, or at least that's what we've heard women say, well, blue Chew will help get you that confidence where it really counts. And if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, BlueChew to the rescue. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew for free and use our promo code wrestle at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com and the promo code is wrestle to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information, and we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast.
1: Yeah, if you don't mind jumping in, Arn, I have to ask you if you feel the same way then about promos for the WWE superstars. Do you think that those are better left to um, them coming up with their own things to say?
2: Are you kidding me? You know the answer to that. Listen, <coughs> we've all crammed. We've all crammed for a test right. in school, right? And once that test is over, a day or two later, you can't remember anything because you just memorized it for that day, for that test. Same thing with promos. When you hand a talent a full sheet of content and expect them to about 90, 95% of that, you want it said, you want it said the way it's written. You want it with the theme that they've got. That's not the person doing the promo. That's whoever wrote it. That's his personality coming out. And if you look at every guy that's gotten over in this business, the character is not very far from what you see on TV. I mean, they are very, very close. I think it's a little more embellished, a little more TV appealing. Think about it. Rock, Austin, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Whoever you want to put in those positions, uh, you know, to do a promo, let them. Man, they're your race horses, Christy. Let them run. Yeah. You know, jockeys don't win races. Horses do. And the jockeys are the one writing those promos and going here. You got a couple hours to, to memorize this. And, you know, they want it just like this. It should be, okay, I'm going to give you about whatever it is. 10, 12, 15 minutes, eight minutes, whatever's satisfactory to cover the angle you're in. Here's, here's a couple of bullet points I'd like you to, to cover. Go get them. And I thought you the, might say that. <laughs> well, nobody wrote any of those promos for Right. John Cena had a ton of, of input into his promos, and that's why they got over, because... When you looked at them on TV and they started talking, you knew they were talking to you.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Not somebody in the back. You know, do no disrespect to a creative. That's their job. But this is a ad lib business. And it comes from the heart, it comes from the brain, and it comes from the delivery. And you gotta have all those things to make me believe what you're saying is is correct.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just had to get that one in there. Thank you. And uh, we are going next to Alan Danielle. You two, I love this. We got a, we got a couple in the house, y'all. How you doing tonight,
2: guys? So good. Have you got on that shirt that I think you got on?
10: I'm just trying to contribute here to the Mister and Mrs. Lundy Fund.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you. She'll, she'll appreciate that.
10: Absolutely. I gotta say. Uh, Jockeys jockeys don't win races, horses do. That might be a T-shirt in itself right there. I would think so. Yep. We need Absolutely. to ping Conrad on that one.
2: He's <laughs> got enough to do, but I, but I will eventually for sure. So what's going on, guys? Where you well, at? Where, where's home?
10: Well, you can see by the flaming thumbtack on my, on my uh, hat, we are in Nashville, Tennessee, about five minutes away from the Opry. And, nice uh, town.
2: Nice yep. town. My wife,
10: Danielle, she is a a new convert, mostly just AEW in general, but she's new to the wrestling world, so.
2: (laughs) Welcome aboard. Well, thank you. Welcome aboard. I don't
1: have a question, but he does. I will say we've decided if we have a son, he will be named Anderson. That's how big of a name Arn Anderson is in this household. Wow. I learned very quickly. (laughs) That Aaron Anderson is a top name.
2: <laughs> Holy smokes! I am very honored. That's that's tremendous. Yep. So I must have did something right along the way.
10: I think it's all those spine busters you put in back in the day, doing something oh, right. I'll well, take i it. I'll I've take been a, it. I've been a fan since ninety two, and uh, I remember my video store. I grew up in Oregon, and uh, my video store just happened to have the War Games eighty seven. I think, uh, I guess it would have been great American bash. Um, but I remember that, that match, it just, just played it over and over again. So I became a NWA WCW fan all the way over in Oregon. So wow. Absolute honor to talk to you, sir.
2: Well, I feel the same way. It's, uh, for you to have followed and supported the business this long, man, is, uh, is a blessing to us and, you know, every time we go through that curtain, it's for guys like you. We want to give you your absolute money's worth and then some. And awesome. uh, the I got to say the AEW fans, you know, share the same feelings that you have. You know, if you've seen any of the shows on TV, and obviously you have, if you've ever went to one live, the fans are stars too. Because, man, they raise holy hell. And you know what? little secret you can write what you want on the sign nobody's going to come out there and take it you bought a ticket you can scream your brains out wear any any t-shirt you want and my friend put anything you want on a sign we are not sanctioning anybody you raise all the holy hell you want
10: awesome how was the uh, how was the commute this week to work <laughs>
2: Gosh, it was about 20 minutes. <laughs> Not bad, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those don't come along ever, nope. ever. So, uh, yeah, I didn't mind uh, going, checking in, figuring out what I had going on. And I saw, guess what? You're off today. So I went back <laughs> to my house. Got on the baggy shoulders or shoulders, bag of shorts that I own. Got on the couch and watch some baseball. There you go.
10: Well, actually, my my question ties into travel and um, going back. And I, I absolutely love the new format of the show. Um, I love hearing all those personal stories, but taking it in small chunks now, it's great. And uh, my question was you know, back in the mid eighties, when you were doing a lot of traveling, especially around the Carolinas, who are some of the guys that you really just jived with, like riding with two, to the different shows. And like, what kind of music were you guys listening to the car? Were you listening to music? Were you listening to like sports radio? What's kind of the vibe inside the car on the way to like Norfolk or anything like that?
2: Well, it, you know, sometimes Tully and I would ride together. Uh, sometimes, Uh, Rick and Tully and I would ride together. JJ had a big van and uh, sometimes we would ride with him. Uh, Bobby Eaton actually lived one street over from where I lived in the old neighborhood. So uh, he he and I fast became best friends and uh, I would travel sometimes with him and Dennis and Jimmy and that was entertaining <laughs>
10: I bet.
2: <laughs> As you could imagine. Um, and you know, going to the towns, it was like, <clears throat> okay, you'd gotten up probably without not enough sleep. You'd made it to the gym, came back, probably eat a little lunch right there, and then go meet those guys for however long the trip was. It was pretty subdued on the way up there. You know, a few guys would just kick back, put on their headphones and, and relax. Now, when the show was over, we're heading back home. The beers were cold, <laughs> cooler was loaded, and whatever anybody wanted to listen to, you know, the guy driving, if it was his vehicle, he would accommodate you. You know, country music's one of those that about, you know, just about everybody liked. At that time, I was a Led Zeppelin man. So there's a little contrast there, Molly Hatchet, some of that stuff. Uh, bad company was that was all my favorite and you know we would listen to some of that and then we'd listen to some of the you know country music of the time and i was a motown man too so really? so it's pretty good uh cross whatever you want to say uh, cross music um help me out here
10: there's nothing like the music from the 70s man <laughs> there's nothing like it
2: I, think I got a bunch
10: of it on vinyl here. It's uh, it's pretty much all I listen to. So
2: the radio on, yeah, that seventies on on Sirius, and it it covers all of it. Covers uh-huh. it all. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
10: Well, thank you so much for answering my question. Um, you're my number one all time, and uh, yeah, hope oh, I hope uh, Malachi Black's got a spine buster with his name on it. So thank you very much, Arn.
2: Well, you have to all close with this. You got to know. That's not just gonna sit there and percolate forever. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta come do it. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Keep keep us posted on baby on baby Anderson, guys. No pressure, but keep us posted.
2: No pressure. (laughs) Awesome, man. That's a good name. That's right. I'll take it.
1: (laughs) Thanks, guys.
0: As a wrestling fan, there's a good chance you might have seen one of Chris Van Vliet's interviews on YouTube. He's a TV host. Who's done interviews with pretty much everyone in the business, including me. He also has a podcast too. It's called insight with Chris Van Vliet, and he asks great questions and really brings out the best in his guests. This doesn't feel like your typical wrestling interview show. Chris has a really conversational style that makes it feel like two friends. Just catching up. Some of his guests include the rock John Cena, Chris Jericho, Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, Tony Khan as well as other actors, musicians, and more. And in every episode, Chris is great at pulling out useful pieces of advice from everyone he talks to that you can apply to your own life. As mentioned, I was recently a guest and i talked about things I'd never discussed in an interview before. The people who influence me like Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, or Gary V. What we look at when we're hiring new employees. I also gave a behind the scenes look at what goes into making all of our shows. I can't recommend Chris as an interviewer enough. I think he's one of the best in the space by far, uh, and I really enjoy his show. I saw a great interview he just did with TJ Wilson the other day. Go out of your way to see it. His podcast is called Insight with Chris Van Vliet, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Again, it's Insight with Chris Van Vliet, and for more information, just go to chrisvanvliet.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T.com.
1: Oh wow! What an honor. Well, uh, AJ Espinoza is coming up next, and I don't think we're gonna see AJ, but I bet we're gonna hear him. AJ, are you there? Oh, that's a no. <laughs> All right, we lost AJ. But oh, oh. No, i was
4: here. I went earlier,
1: Christine. <laughs> there he is, AJ. What's your question?
4: Oh no, Christine. I was saying I went earlier in the uh, earlier this. I uh, was like the second oh, one that went to talk to R. Already, not-
1: I- Yes, I thought that sounded familiar. All right, Derek.
4: I want to share and pass on.
1: <laughs> Derek, why don't we go to you next? How you doing, Derek? I see you, and we're just gonna unmute you.
9: Unmute. Okay. Here
2: we are. Okay, Hello. Can you
9: hear me now? Is this thing on? Yes, sir. Oh.
2: Loud and clear. Hey, Derek. <laughs>
9: okay. Well, first, I'm. It doesn't show, but I'm like visually shaking because I'm actually speaking to one of the members of the Four Horsemen. So. Um i your legend. So I thank you for.
2: Thank you, oh, He and un- he unmuted again. Or he muted again. Thank you, muted yourself. Can't oh. hear you. Mute. That yeah. Is. There
6: we
2: there we go, Derek. Okay, now exactly. we got you. All
9: right. All right. Well, um, it's a pleasure. Thanks for um sharing this space with us. I'm, you know, definitely um the biggest Four Horsemen fan, the biggest Arn fan. I definitely want that Spinebuster um, T-shirt, sweatshirt. So that's one of the things I'm going to do a Google search on um, on very soon. Um,
2: Pro, I just rest- one- Pro Wrestling Tees, Derek. Pro Wrestling, wrestling tees. tees. Pro Wrestling Tees. Got, it's got every, believe it or not, I've never had a shirt my whole career. Uh, and now I've got about 20. So there'll be a selection for you to choose from. Okay. okay,
9: so, yeah, I have to um, find, like, I need another reason to waste my um, hard earned money, but definitely I'll go to um, Pro Wrestling Tees and make sure my wife doesn't find out where the money's going. Um, <laughs>
11: Good, call. I we won't <laughs> Good tell.
9: call. Good call. Um, yeah, I, I'm originally from New York, um, hotbed, one of the hotbeds of wrestling, but I'm in the, the Northwest now, so I guess one question I have is, does AEW have any plans on coming to the Pacific Northwest? I' I would love
2: a Seattle stop. I am absolutely sure of it. Um, Right now, uh, we're going on the East Coast. We were just out in Texas a couple of weeks, and uh, we're with the Miami. We will definitely, I'm sure, eventually work our way to the bigger cities uh, there, uh, probably Portland, Seattle, out that way. I hope that's drivable for you. Mm -hmm. I'll find a way. I'm sure we're going to make our way out there. We're just – like everybody else, we're so thrilled that uh, everything's opening back up and we can have some live audiences because I know wrestling fans have been, you know, you couldn't go for, for a year and a half. If, mm-hmm. I, I just look at it. If I'm a guy that uh, likes going to the movies and that's something that I really, really like and I go every six weeks, eight weeks or whatever it may be, and then suddenly for a year and a half, you're just cut off. It's got to be very frustrating, and I know fans who know that a live experience going to a show is different from television, and it's just as exciting in its own way. So, we will do our best to make our way out there to you, sir. Okay,
9: hey, look forward to uh, even if it's like Vancouver, if it's if it's in BC, I'll just find a way to sneak across the border to um to watch it. Um, my quick question is, um, and it, this question made sense when I was thinking about it earlier. Um but out of like all the wrestlers that you've had a chance to work with, like WCW, WWF, all the other territories, um of those wrestlers who just who didn't make it or I guess say had potential but didn't ever meet their potential, um could you think do you have a wrestler in mind that you thought that mm, if I had some a chance with him, he would be a good horseman?
2: Ted DiBiase. Now he had his own thing going million dollar man was huge success, but of all the guys over the years that I've thought about that would have just walked in the door and fit right in, that would be one. I think if Kurt Henning would have stayed a horseman other than stabbing us in the back with the NWO thing, he would have been a great horseman. Um, that's two that right off the top of my head, I think would have been fantastic, but number one, because he just fit would have been Ted DiBiase. Mm. That what do you think you thinking about that?
9: Yeah, I'm, I, I'm thinking, I mean, he's a legend, but I could definitely think he would definitely um, be a good horseman. I'm just think. Hmm, I can, I can, I can dig it. It's pretty cool. All right. Think, well, Thank you. Thank you very much. Once again, I'm, you, you've made my day.
2: Thank you. You made mine. Keep your, uh, keep your, keep watching the show. Keep your ears open. Like I said, we'll do our best to get out your way.
9: All right. We'll do. Thanks.
2: Thank you.
1: Oh, and Derek's display name is Derek over 40 and still loves wrestling. So I hope that you keep that for all your business calls as well.
9: But I Actually one, one call I, I work remotely and one call actually had it on there. So <laughs> <Awesome.
1: a> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Derek. Thank, thank you. We'll see you again soon. And next yeah. up, we have Ennis coming in. Tell me if I just butchered that.
11: You did It's Ennis. But there's the, you're not the first one. Don't worry,
1: Ennis. All right. Well, I will remember for next time. What is your question? <laughs>
11: Hey Arn. I hope you're doing it. I hope you're doing good. I was wanting to ask about the, the No Rules match we saw between Chris Jericho and Nick Gage on Dynamite um earlier this week. I've seen a couple of people give their takes on it. I saw Bischoff saying he thinks it's uh, it's bad for the industry. So what's what's your kind of take on on that match and deathmatch wrestling in general?
2: Uh as far as it being bad, I don't know if that's the right word. Uh I think. Uh, my background, you know, and I've been in some blood and guts matches, you know, uh, war games was about as violent as you get. Um, it's not my decision to say what should go on our television or not to my personal taste. Is that something that I would want to be involved in? No. Uh, It's just because that's the beauty, you know, the wrestling industry, especially now is like, uh, you know, it's like the ice cream store, you know, it's 21 flavors. You pick what you want. You like what you want. And if you don't like it, this is my suggestion, whether you're watching our show or, or the WWE show raw or SmackDown, or you're watching impact or you're watching access, whatever it is, this is my, my, uh, Opinion. Watch what you like. And when you see something that you know you're not going to like, switch the channel. Because you no. can like you can like stuff from a, a show without liking the entire show. And that's your prerogative. Flip it off. Just do me a favor. If it's our show you're flipping off, flip back in a little bit. Because <laughs> <coughs> we'll have something that you will like after that,
11: I assure you. Definitely, man. Thanks very much. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on Dynamite soon.
2: All right. Where are you? Just for curiosity, where are you at?
11: I'm in Scotland. So I'm glad to be able to join this call um, before midnight for once.
2: We, we had a blooper earlier. You might want to call this. I, I heard. I heard. <laughs> on, on the carpet. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, well, hey, you're a long way away, my man. I appreciate you showing up. It's probably the middle of the night there, isn't it?
11: It's uh, quarter to 12 at night. So it's not the latest I've been on one of these calls, but pretty close.
2: (laughs) Well, I appreciate you staying up. Thank you. Thank you, man.
11: Sleep tight.
0: Yes. Hey, yo, check this out. Lucy nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. This has been researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients, And Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine. It comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with, lozenge? You know, cough drop, bro. Has four milligrams of nicotine and cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor actually tastes great. Man, you know me. That's part of the deal. It's got to taste good if I'm going to do it. Uh, It's convenient. It's discreet. These products can be enjoyed anywhere, whether you're on a flight or at work or even in the gym. And here's the thing, man. I get it. If you've got a loved one in your life who's a smoker, and I do, in fact, once upon a time my wife used to smoke, she doesn't now, and products like Lucy will help the loved one in your life kick the habit, baby. And it's 2021. It's time to get rid of your cigarettes, man. Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, get you some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This really is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. And our ARN listeners can go to Lucy.co and use promo code ARN to get 20% off all their products, including the gum or the lozenges. That's Lucy.co and use the promo code ARN at checkout. Also, I have to give you this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Duh. That's why we're here. Go to Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code ARN. A-R-N, lucy.co. Come on, man. With programs 2021, throw out them SIGs. Go to lucy.co. Use our promo code ARN.
1: All right, and we are going to Drew next up. Drew, what is your question for ARN? Oh, Drew, you just have to unmute yourself. No biggie. Sorry about that.
12: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for... uh, (laughs) Thanks a lot. Here, I'm uh, originally from Southwest Indiana. I live now in in West Texas, but growing up in the in the mid to late '80s, early '90s, y'all would come to Terre Haute, Indiana, and Evansville, Indiana, and I'd see you at the Hallman Center and I'd see you at Robert Stadium. And uh, hate to say it, arm, but I'd boo you. But
2: uh, <laughs> nice. That's the ones that, that's my favorite. <laughs> when someone um, like you, a nice clean cut young man says, you know what? My grandmother hated your gut. <laughs> she, yeah, she I want to jump out jump out of my chair. <laughs> <laughs>
12: uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, sometimes my uh, uh, questions would come up on on the podcast and I wanted to a- ask just kind of a follow-up to one on WrestleMania 18. After you spine buster the Undertaker it seems to me that it should have that should have ended the whole match and it would have made a better match and to quote your your uh, um, uh, podcast buddy there what say you
2: if it if I would have been an active wrestler and been in a position to give it back to him which the Undertaker has earned in spades uh if we could have got away with one that day i think it would have been took the reason that worked yeah is because i truly believe i was able to you know get down there without being seen it was like i just appeared yeah. poof out of nowhere and that was the appeal for a lot of people so when i slid in hit him with a spine buster rolled out disappeared out of the side of the referee if we were going to have Rick win that's how we would have done it Mm -hmm. and the audience went holy shit that's it he's gonna win that's right but without something in the future to give it back to him I thought it was just fine he's the undertaker he over he overcomes adversity and him doing what he did I thought was fine it did not dampen the mood for me Mm -hmm. business is business and you always have to think about what do the fans deserve what does your story deserve what does your opponent deserve it's not about me 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 so i, I hope that answers it
12: absolutely know. i i watched it then and to hear jr just you know you know how 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 jr went you know he'd get so excited and then you couldn't understand what he was saying and and go, that's art anderson and then it all happens it was just like wow this is going to happen just exactly how you just said it out there so uh one other thing I, I wanted to ask you, you, you told this story and it, I never laughed so hard on a podcast. When you told this story, you were, I, I think it was cowboy Bill Watts. I called you out <laughs> and, and he hit you upside the head. He called you Lars. And I, I just, I, that still cracks me up. Were you ever able to get back at him for that no. in any way whatsoever? I mean, that was just what a crazy situation.
2: <laughs> well, Being a little bit of the backstage loudmouth slash clown that I have been my entire year, I nickname guys, I bust guys balls all the time. (laughs) The fact that I had worked for his company was my first real, besides, you know, a few weeks in, uh, in Pensacola, Florida, that was my first territory. So he started me in the business. He sent me to Atlanta to become an Anderson. He had a pretty good, you know, um, history with me. So for him to look at a team meeting, we're out at center stage, we're all sitting in the stands and he's going, guys, your, your kicks have got to get better. Your punches have got to get better. And he looks over and he goes, Lars, come here, Lars, get, get, Lars. And everybody's looking around. Who the hell is Lars? And you you lars and he, uh, me yes come here and i got up and just walked about i guess 10 paces towards him and he just went whop right in the head and he went that's how you throw a punch and i he crossed my eyes pretty good he goes okay go sit down <laughs> So I walk over and sit down. When I get, when that meeting broke up and I get to the back, guys are just walking up to me and looking at me and just busting out laughing. <laughs>
12: I do, Oh my gosh. This is it's how I get when I listen. I, Cause I, I go back and I listen to that and I just, I just can't let it go. It's just too funny to me anyway.
2: Well, you got 45 guys that didn't, there wasn't a peep out of anybody, and he walloped me pretty good. You know, Bill Watts is not a little man. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I guess it was funny. I mean, it's definitely nuts.
12: Well, looking back on it, I'm sure it it was at the time. You had to be the most stunned
2: person in the room. What in the world
12: just happened?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm trying to figure out the large thing as I'm walking towards him, and all of a sudden, it really didn't matter what he was calling me. He just crossed my eyes pretty good.
12: (laughs) Well, Thank you for your time. Thank you for your answer there, and and I uh, appreciate it and uh, always keep up with what you're doing. So thank you very much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, sir.
2: Appreciate your support, sir. Thank you very much. Great
1: question, Drew. And next time you're telling a good story on the show, Arn, you just picture all of us at home laughing to ourselves because that's what we do.
2: Forty guys were laughing right in my face. <laughs> they couldn't figure out what happened either. So. <laughs>
1: I love that. Well, Nick Mills is up next. I see you there, Nick.
2: How are Good you doing? Things.
7: How are we? Hello, Nick. Hello, Ann. How are you? Great. Excellent. Good to hear it. Oh, and you, uh, Bret Hart told the story at his Hall of Fame speech about this. Uh, you were all sitting around a bar. Guy had a fake ear. Believe that you went to the bathroom, he dropped it in your beer. You went and took a drink of it and then went to be sick. So first of all, Tell us where that was, and then second of all, uh, what was the Hank Williams song that you were singing? Because he, he I, th- I don't think he ever named it, and I really, I was always kind of curious what that Hank Williams song was that you were singing.
2: We were just in the Marriott bar at the hotel after a show because that's you know when you got a six o'clock flight every single morning, which is in those days was like a four o'clock wake up. Mm-hmm you didn't want to venture out too much, you know, but you did want to drink yourself down so you could get a little bit of sleep. So it was a Marriott bar. Um, I don't, and to be honest with you, I don't remember exactly what the song was, but I do remember going to the bathroom. I sat my drink down and just ordered it. Double Stoli sea Breeze was my brand at the time. And, uh, You know, it's just some of us buddies, Haku and Brett. Some of us were all in there drinking Tully, whoever it may be. Came back, grabbed my drink, turned it up, and something hit me right in the nose. I went, that don't feel right. Pulled it down, and there was a man's ear. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked up, and he's standing right there, and (laughs) His ear's missing. <laughs> I guess he had been in a fire or something and his ear got burned off. So, this is a total prosthetic ear. Brother, when it hit me and he started laughing, I started puking <laughs> all the way. And I mean, all the way across the bar, out in the hall, into the public bathroom. And brother, I let it roll for about five minutes. Because the damn thing hit me in the nose and I and it was all over my lips. So you it's almost like somebody this was not that bad, but I've always seen situations where guys have picked up what they thought was their drink and it was their dip cup mm-hmm. and took a drink of of snuff juice, if you've ever seen that.
4: Mm-hmm
2: guys get pretty sick. So not making that mistake because I don't dip. I did make this one. Brett set me up completely across the board with the guy. So, yeah, I I had a little bit of a queasy stomach for a day or so.
7: Let me ask you something. Did you know that – obviously, did the guy tell the story about the ear before you went to the bathroom, before he dipped his ear in your drink or Brett set you up, or was it something that just came after
2: Well, I'm sure as I'm in there puking, I mean, Brett, I'm sure (laughs) kept it. Bunk's just him and the guy. So everybody's looking at me like I suddenly can't handle my liquor, I guess, as I'm walking across there puking. And then I guess the story was told because when I came back out of the bathroom, everybody was laughing their ass off at me. (laughs) And the guy's got his, got his ear in his hand, put it back on the whole deal.
7: I'm glad you have such great friends that they would literally dip the ear in your drink.
2: That was a good rib. You talk about, about <laughs> ribs in the business, that was a great rib.
7: It's fantastic. I love hearing that story, and uh, I got a massive kick out of it reading this book. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time.
2: You're welcome.
1: Oh wow, we we are just rolling here today, Arne. We are laughing our butts off, and uh let's see what Eddie Prather has for us today. Eddie, there
13: you are. Hey, hey, hey Chrissy, welcome to the Ad Free Family. Hey, thank a, you so much. Hey, double
2: Hello, my man.
13: This is. I never thought I ha- that I would have the day to be able to speak to you. Well, I'm glad you, have, you did. You, you, you have a special place in my heart. You were, oh, thank you, you were my, you are my monster. Favorite wrestler.
2: Oh God! Thank you for that.
13: Yeah. Did you
2: watch together? Did you and your mom watch the show together?
13: She became a wrestling fan because I—that was the only way she could have a conversation with me. It was like 83, 1983 when I became a wrestling fan. So, so I was able to—I was able to see a lot of your career early on because of. I had a friend that traded tapes, so I would borrow his tapes. So I got to see a lot of your, the Pensacola stuff, oh,
6: which, I, I,
13: which I absolutely loved. Uh, when my mom had her stroke in 2011, she passed away early on in 2012. Uh, when I went to visit her, the only times she would like show any kind of alertness is when I would bring tapes of, I had tapes of like two or three SS tapes of a Horseman or Anderson matches. So she would like to show a little bit of alertness when I would put on the tapes. So,
2: well, I'm very thankful I could provide uh, that for. Uh, yeah. Eddie. I'm, I'm so I'm, sorry I'm, for your loss.
13: Yeah. I'm very grateful for what you gave to me, my mom. Uh, I have a couple questions for you. The, okay. Okay. The first one is I know you said Ted DiBiase would have been a good horseman. How about do you think if Magnum TA didn't have his car accident do you think he would have eventually turned heel and maybe had been maybe he would have been the guy who took Lex Luger's place instead of Barry
2: You know that's a possibility but I think his his trajectory was was heading towards the moon he would have he would have been a top babyface for a long time
13: Yeah do, do you think he could have turned heel when Rick left
2: for the WWF? Uh, You know, anything is possible. Uh, I think what what really bothered all of us so much as we saw Magnum and what he was heading to be, he was going to be a huge, huge star. And for him to have his career taken away from him so early, that was the big loss. Uh, We could have made anything work with him because – his promos and we were talking about promos earlier but uh his promos you believed a hundred percent and you believed that he believed and i he, think he would have been a very big star because he looked the part too
13: yeah look he, had a little, he with his promos he had that like a little bit of anger with his promos like that like, that intensity intensity and yep. we and we know we know the history about dusty rhode's best buddies always turning on him so
2: yeah, you know what? I didn't think about that. That that's right. It it might have happened. I won't say that it couldn't have. It, it certainly could have.
13: Yeah. And my second question is, when that, when Conrad put your name in the same sentence as Van Hammer, did the did a spine buster come into your mind to
2: put
4: on Conrad?
2: I don't think that'll do it. I think I, he's got a aluminum baseball bat beating coming <coughs> after, the, after that after that. I've I've done some bad things and I've done some rotten things and I tr- trust me, I am not pristine. But to put me in the same sentence as Van Hammer, Van Hammer, that is uh, cruel and unusual <laughs> punishment.
13: Oh man, I, I was like, when I heard that popped out of his mouth, I was like, did he really say that?
2: If I'm correcting, and you you will know this, I mean I don't bust Conrad's balls. I'm probably the only show that he doesn't get ate up by everybody, right?
13: You and Jeff Pierrett, because both of you kind of have somewhat similar person like calm, cool personalities. Mm-hmm. While Jr. and and Bruce Pritchard, they get a little bit
2: red ass, and Tony easily. too, right? Tony, yeah, yeah Tony, too. uh, uh. Well that may change if he keeps this up because I know he said that just to get a rise out of me, so
13: He got what he wanted.
2: Yes, he did. Yeah, he he, he stabbed me in the heart.
13: He, in in the back?
2: In the, Way in the back.
13: No one should ever be compared to I would bet. Uh,
2: Please send him that on a on a Twitter or something so that he sees it to our account, will you?
13: Yeah, I, I will. I, I just, that's as low as you can get. Van Hammer. That, <laughs> I, people always crucify Eric Watts for being the son of Bill Watts, which I think it was unjustified because Eric could, could he could work a little bit. Van Hammer? No.
2: <laughs> well, I defended myself, so you let him have a shot and we'll just call it even. Maybe he won't make that mistake again.
13: Hey, you. Thank- Thank you for taking my question away. You betcha. Uh, it's it's been such an honor. I can't wait. Not this year, but maybe Nick, your um top guy of uh thing, I might be able to attend. So I can't wait to be able to meet here face to face. So
2: be my pleasure. It's been my honor, my friend. Thanks and, for
13: and, and congratulations on your son's debut. He's looking really good.
2: Thank you, sir. I'm much appreciated. He'll- yeah, but- He'll appreciate it too. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Eddie, great there questions.
0: Is, All right, listen up. I just turned 40 and now this is on my radar more than ever. Uh, I've got some, uh, I guess we would call them old man pains. Not really, but listen, if you've got some nagging little things here, or there that aren't exactly super comfortable, or maybe you're having trouble sleeping, or maybe you have some anxiety, or perhaps it's one of those deals where stress is just kicking your butt. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel specifically that stress, that anxiety, that pain that sleeplessness, that nervousness and feels is a better way to feel better. Listen up feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle free. It's delivered directly to your door and CBD naturally helps you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness, but maybe best of all, there's no hangover or addiction. But this has been a game changer for me. I've had a knee injury for like 20 something years that I've never really properly gotten checked out and taken care of. Uh, but I think I can power through and I don't want to go under the knife. So when it starts to act up, boom, I place a few drops of feels under my tongue and I feel the difference within minutes. This also works for folks who struggle with sleeplessness. Eric Bischoff and Lois Savani use this to go ahead and get to sleep and stay asleep. And the thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important. And really, everyone's dose is different. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help you guide your personal experience to make sure that you're getting your perfect dose. And the Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership team makes your self-care easy. And you'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel anytime. So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com Arn and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash ARN to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off of your first order with free shipping. That's com slash ARN.
1: And uh, we are going to John Lopez next. If he is ready, John, are you ready?
6: I am. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, Christy, good afternoon. Uh, Arne. It's uh, so nice to get to talk to you again, uh, ARN. Um, I wanted to, uh, ask you, um, because of, uh, Tony's show and your, and your show, I've gotten a lot into eighties mid Atlantic wrestling, which I, I didn't back in, you know, when I started wrestling, watching wrestling it was in the nineties. Uh, so I, 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 I hadn't had a chance to go back, but you guys have really got me into it. And somebody that was not in my radar, but I really been entertained by is uh, uh, Paz Watley and I wanted to ask you if you ever got the chance to be like in a program with him or work with him and like any memories of, of him.
2: Yeah, Paz was great and he he was really good, right? Very yes. good performer.
6: <laughs> yes, and gr- great great uh, uh, promos too. Very yeah. like, energetic.
2: Hundred percent. Most of my uh, time with him was uh, WCW. It was after the Crockett. Uh, you know, days, and Pez, you know, he, he had it all. He was an amateur wrestler. He was great athlete, great performer, really entertaining on uh, the promos, and just, you know, he had a bo- boogie-woogie Jimmy Valiant-esque to him, too, as far as being an entertainer. He was very fan-friendly. And uh, Pez was, was a pleasure and an honor to work with Uh, he's one of the names out of the past that should have been a bigger star than what he was.
6: Yeah. I, I, I feel the the same way. It was so nice to get to talk to you and and, uh, I hope you have a great day.
2: Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you so much. I'm just uh, manning all the buttons here. Who is next? That's a great question. That's my question right now. Next up, Blake, are you in the house? Blake, Blake is not in the house. Somebody wave. Give me a little wave if you've got a question. Hey, there, Josh, my man here to here to save me in my moment of need. I know you got a good one.
14: Well, Mr. Anderson, since we're telling all uh, old dad stories, this one will crack you up. God rest my dad's soul. I told him that you got fired and he said, good. Now John Cena won't bring break Ric Flair's record. True story. He was so excited that you got fired because John Cena wouldn't be able to break Ric Flair's, uh, title string. So that's my dad's story.
2: He ain't as excited as I was. I did. (laughs) I I did a standing gainer in my living room.
14: I bet you did, man. I bet you did. Well, over the last 15 years, you've got to work with two of the greatest. and, And I love to hear about the mindset of great athletes. Can you tell me a little bit about how, uh, what's motivating John to come back? Cause he really doesn't have to. And, and, and what motivates Cody to keep pursuing, uh, greatness when, when he is the man at, uh, AEW, when it comes to EVPs, you know, what, what drives these guys at this late in their career to be their very best?
2: Well, John certainly, like I said, has pretty much, uh, got into Hollywood. He's pretty much in now i think and uh but i also think that he it's not lost on john that the wrestling industry and wrestling fans and w w e have they gave him the platform to be noticed by hollywood so he is in debt to them and i think he knows that and he, him coming back especially after the pandemic i could see john wanting to do it for his fans which are a lot of them are children as we know
14: and this 47 year
2: old and that 47 year old and so he wants to give back for everything that you guys have given him and i could if i asked him that question and him saying hey man you know i want to take some time fans have been through a rough time with this pandemic i want to give something back i could very easily see him saying that and uh I would believe him 100%. Now, Cody, you know, was always a kid that knew he could step out of his dad's shadow, but he always wanted to embrace who his dad was. You know, a lot of people would say, you know, okay, he's riding his dad's coattails. No, he's not. He's paved his no own way. Way. He no left, way. He left WWE and he was making a ton of money for guys like you and I. I mean, he was making a hell of a living. Uh, but he knew that he was going to bet on himself and go out into the world and see what if there was any demand for Cody Rhodes, and there damn sure was. And I'm sure he was in on the ground floor with the company we're working for now as far as brainstorming and putting that together and having an alternative to wwe and that's what it is and he is the face of wwe and that's no knock to any of the other evps or any of the other talent he's just a guy that if you're going to explain to me and i've never seen it what aew wrestling is and i need it explained to me and what where they're heading and what they're doing he's the guy that can deliver that message does that make sense
14: completely and 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 as head coach i would love for you to try to hoodwink tony khan to make it so so cody can get a chance at the world title because that was two years ago and i think cody deserves a shot at the world title so if you can do that for me arn i would really appreciate you trying to find a way to make that happen
2: i'll do my best and i'm digging those carreras sitting on your nose too
14: well you know, yeah I, I i've been wearing these now because of you and uh Not only does it provide great sun protection, but it provides a lot of my wife jabbing me in the ribs when all these chicks, when I was in San Diego last week, gave me the eye like you were in Pensacola. (laughs) (laughs) She jabbed me a couple times.
2: Well, she must understand you're a damn good looking man and that's going to happen.
14: Hey, like peas in a pod, two guys with giant heads and big hearts. Thanks,
2: Arne. Thank you, my friend.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Josh. We are a stylish bunch here, aren't we guys?
0: Have you guys heard about the mobile game called 80s Mania Wrestling Returns? It's a pro wrestling general manager game for your Apple or Android device. It has a simple premise. You collect cards for wrestlers, managers, match types, venues, and more. And then you use those cards to book wrestling shows. The better shows you book, the more in-game cash you'll learn to collect more cards. There's unlockable bonus rewards in the game too. Team up the right wrestlers and you'll unlock their tag team card, match certain wrestlers against each other and you'll unlock their feud card, create your own factions, manage the rosters of other promotions inside the game's universe. There's never a lack of ways to play the role of pro wrestling general manager with this game. Oh, and how cool is this It's set in the eighties and nineties, the two greatest decades in the history of both pop culture and pro wrestling. And check this out. There's an entirely separate second game, just like this one, but set in the current world of pro wrestling called modern mania wrestling, both eighties mania wrestling returns and modern mania wrestling are free to play. And the developers are constantly updating both games with new characters and new features. Now to get either game, just search for eighties mania wrestling returns or modern mania wrestling in the app store or Google play store. And once you've played through the in game tutorial, head to the settings screen and enter that cheat code, Conrad to unlock a bunch of wrestler cards and game cash. This cheat code works for both games, wrestling fans, pop culture fans. If you think you've got what it takes to manage a successful wrestling promotion, check these games out. You won't regret it. Modern mania wrestling and eighties mania wrestling returns.
1: We are going next to Mike Whitaker. There you are. Hello,
2: Mike.
14: Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Aaron?
2: Hi, Mike. What's up, man?
1: I'm
14: doing good. So, um, my question to you is, if you walked into Dynamite today and Tony Khan said, you got a match, you're free, you're clear, you're good to go, who would you like to pick to match with?
2: Hmm... How about a six-man with myself and FDR on one side, Cody, Dustin, and who would that – I'm going to let you pick that third partner. Who would you like to see go there?
9: Would you do Brock?
2: Not yet. I don't think he's ready. To be in and him be on the opposing team.
14: Right. Yeah. Just maybe some kind of storyline going on something. Just. I
2: I, I don't want to put too much on. I wouldn't want to put too much pressure on him. He's had four matches.
15: What about Darby Uh, Allen?
2: Now there's a guy that uh, nobody's figured out yet. I don't think nobody will figure him out. He would be perfect for that spot because you have no idea what you're going to get till the bell rings for that kid. And I think that's his appeal. He has no regard for his own personal safety, which I respect. I worry about him. I don't want to see him get injured, but man, it's fun to watch when he comes out of there. Okay. And still in one piece. So Darby Allen be a good choice. Good choice.
9: Awesome. Thank you.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Great question, Mike. Thank you so much. And uh, next up, we are going to one of our, I believe, most popular top guys, who is a actually a top gal. Amy Vaughn, there you are. How are you doing tonight? It's always great to see you.
16: Well, thank you. I don't even know what to do with that
2: introduction. That was <laughs> awesome. Thank you. She's good I, uh, at that. I'm, pulled
16: over. I'm not driving.
2: Amy, she's good I at
16: know. that.
2: It's hard to follow her leading. I know. Lead I'm in.
16: flustered.
2: <laughs> um, but so I you got a great
16: question. Her, so. Well, you know, um, may I call you Arne? You better. Okay, well, I. you know, I, I didn't know. Oh, yes, thank you. Um, I, along with everybody else, you know, uh, you and Tully, you can ask any of the other top guys. Like, you two are my absolute favorites. I have your Brain Buster Shards. I have your uh, action figures, everything. Like, you're my um, absolute favorite.
4: Thank you.
16: What I want to know, I love your show. I love the new format. I, I could listen to you literally all day talk about the road stories and just things that happen behind the scenes and just... But what I want to know is when are you going to write a book?
2: Um... I think I need for, I had one book that was like the first part of my career, but it was, it was not like a autobiography of everything. And, and I think my son, when he gets a couple of years in the business and makes more of an impact, which I know he's going to do, he has a lot of aptitude and a great attitude for this business. I think you guys are, are going to be proud of him. Once he has established himself and he is in the mix, then I think I will have an, a more interesting book. Should I've had some offers? Obviously, I have had some offers, but I, I want to include mm-hmm. him in there because it's a whole, it's the third chapter of my life. I was a wrestler, then mm-hmm. I was a producer for 20 something years. Uh, producing television and an agent. And now I'm going back to this coaching role and helping him break in the business, which I think is the third chapter. And once that Mm -hmm. one doesn't have to be complete, but let it be in full swing, I think would make for a much better read.
16: Sure. Uh, Well, I'm definitely, I would love for you to do it on Audible too, so we can listen to you uh, tell those stories because I think that's just the best part uh, I'm really looking forward to, fingers crossed, meeting you at uh, Top Guy Weekend uh, because I'm definitely coming. And again, just listening. I just love listening to those stories. And uh, I'm, I'm an 80s kind of child, I guess. And so I, just, I grew up, I started off listening to Memphis. And um, it's just grown since then. And so like I said, I just love listening to the stories of the road and the backstage and different things like that. It's just the, the thing that makes me the uh, it's my favorite thing about being a wrestling fan. It's just to listen to all those stories and traveling that, that you all uh, you all do. And that's why I love uh, your show. It's just, like I said, it's absolutely one of my favorites.
2: Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. It's um, you know, you, you pick in those years. I've said this many times, 85 through 89 were the golden years of this industry and anybody that hasn't went back and studied those years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the different companies and, you know, just the different product that it was, it was a wrestling product. It wasn't a sports mm-hmm. entertainment product and the Jim Crockett years where if you look, you know, go back and look at it with a different eye and you just see all those guys were tremendous performers, but every mm-hmm. one of them, We're different Mm -hmm. now we weren't. And that's what, you know, these kids today, they ask me, you know, give me some, give me some words of advice. And I just say, no matter what you do, whether it's your costuming, your look, your promo, your work, the things you do in the ring be different. Because if you go back from the Crockett years and you pick out any five performers, it doesn't matter who it was, Pick out any five and watch three of their matches. And the things you walk away from is they could all perform, they could all tell a story, and they were all different. No two guys worked the same. So we weren't a lot smarter than these guys today. And we're certainly not better athletes or better performers, but we dedicated ourselves to being different. And whatever you did, another guy didn't step on. So every match was different. Would you agree?
16: Yes, very much so and I I really I feel sorry I guess in some ways for maybe some of the newer wrestling fans that uh, don't realize that there is such this such education that you and uh, some of the, Uh, more seasoned wrestlers, you know, for, like you said, from the seventies and eighties and even Jim Cornette telling stories about how things were, you know, they're not, their stars, their favorite stars are not going to be able to give them those stories, you know, like we get. And so I just, um, I really encourage people to always listen. Like you said, go back to the seventies, eighties, pick you a territory. Like if you really want to learn some things about wrestling, uh, Follow a territory, and that will tell you uh, really what was going on and what is so wonderful about uh, the shows that we're watching now.
2: Well said. I couldn't say it any better.
16: Oh, well, thank you. So you are coming to Talk Guy Weekend, correct?
2: That's in Chicago? Yes, sir. Is, I sure will. I'll be there, so you make sure you come up and introduce yourself. If you've got I will. A, if you got to mow a couple people down to get there, go ahead. I'll, I'll bail you I out. think.
16: Well, thank you. I'll tell you what, there are some great talk guys. I'm pretty sure they're going to make sure that everybody's out of my way because they know how I feel <laughs> about you and Tully.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I look forward to it.
16: Wonderful. And Christy, <laughs> I want to tell you something. You are a wonderful addition to ad-free shows. You, the two oh. Zooms that I've been on with you, they have been very well done. And so I really do appreciate uh, you coming on board and the interviews that you do. I think you do a wonderful job. Oh, well, thank
1: you, Amy. That I'm really grateful for that. Wow. Thank you so much.
2: Uh, You're
16: welcome. So now I'm going to get, oh, I'm sorry.
2: No, it's okay. I was just going to say I concur. Christy, yes. so you are a welcome addition. So
16: she is. And so now I'm going to go get dinner home to my family as I've been sitting here for 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> pulled, oh. over. I could pulled over. I've been pulled over uh, well, you know what? Uh, I was supposed to be home, but work, you know, I had to stay longer for work. My husband already knew, so he's not expecting me. You know, he knows that <laughs> if I got to be able to do this on my phone that I would probably pull over. And so he's not expecting his meal anytime soon. So he knows.
2: And if he tells <laughs> the man. truth, if he tells the truth, he would say, I want you to be able pull over and be safe.
16: Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. And so, and when I come in and like, I got to ask a question, he's going to understand why I should have been home 15 minutes ago. And I wasn't. So <laughs> you all have it. a good night. Yes, right. bon right. <laughs> Bye.
0: You know, I got to say, we love the old school here on the orange show, but I don't think our internet security should be old school. The way we use the internet has changed dramatically over the last decade, but security tools, well, they've mostly stayed the same. Aura provides complete digital security to help protect your online accounts, finances, and devices, and more all in one easy to use app. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast. Like if your online accounts or passwords are leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name, Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. By the way, Aura is also easy to set up. All the plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds. And they have an experienced U S based customer support team. That's got your bag. Aura is a new type of security device that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription with an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone. Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com slash ARN. Go to Aura.com slash ARN to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash ARN. That's Aura.com slash ARN. That's A-U-R-A.com slash ARN.
1: Oh, I love how we're, we're catching people at the end of their day and it's Friday. Everybody's working into the weekend and actually, well, Trav is still at work. So he asked if I would ask this question on his behalf. So from Trav Arn, he said, "Did it, did it ever bother you when the ring was cut off, but a guy was tossed into the ropes right next to his tag team partner and his partner didn't tag himself in by touching his partner on the back as he hit the ropes immediately next to him?
2: Every time. <laughs> yeah it doesn't make that much was sense. pretty clear it doesn't make much sense and that's the thing that we always tried to do and the Andersons did for sure but Tully and I you had two sets of ropes and your opponents had two sets of ropes and you always the rule of thumb when you would get one of the guys hurt and stopped you cut the ring off and you always kept your back to where the, uh, the guy on the apron was on the other team. So you could always stay between that guy and him tagging his partner and all the action took place on our two sets of ropes. That makes sense to you. Mm
6: -hmm.
2: If we're in this corner and the other guy is in this corner, this set of ropes and that set of ropes is where we conducted our business. So we always stayed and we didn't have that issue. Because a guy gets shot off right to his corner. Why don't he just hook the ropes and tag out?
0: Right. Oh, I'm That's gonna be
2: common sense. for that now. Common sense.
1: Yeah. Uh well, we have Blake coming up next, and he has been very patient. Uh, where did he go? His phone died and then he came back. Poor guy's been waiting. There he is. Blake, you've had a lot of time to think. I bet you have a fantastic question for Arn. Just go ahead and uh unmute yourself. There you go.
17: And- Uh, Can y'all
2: hear me? Yes. Hey, Blake.
17: Hey, Ms. Arn. How you doing,
2: buddy? Hey, before you get started, let me just make an observation, and it may be the lighting. You look a lot like Scott Norton. Anybody ever tell you that?
17: I've heard that a time or two, brother.
2: More than a time or two. I mean, you really look like him.
17: Yes, sir. i I tell you what, man. I I want to take the opportunity to tell you thank you. Uh, for everything you've done for the wrestling business, brother. and it, uh, I'm trying to drive and do this at the same time, so y'all bear with me. But, Aaron, uh, you inspired me to be a wrestler, man. I, I've been working the indie scenes in, around North Carolina and South Carolina for the last 10 years or so. Um, Dak Carwood, I've known him because he was Casey McCott. Me and him, I've had the pleasure of sharing the locker room with him. And he is phenomenal, brother. Yes, phenomenal. Is. Um Will are to me and him trained together and he is phenomenal as well. So uh, I just look, look out for him for me. He's a buddy of mine. Okay,
2: <laughs> I'll I'll do that. Uh certainly will. Are you still working some or, or?
17: I am man, but I ain't worked none since COVID hit. I, I work for a cemetery now and they keep us busy, unfortunately. We uh We've had a lot of death in the area, and it keeps me busy. Thank the good Lord, but it's just, you know, a lot of death.
2: God, you've seen that that COVID thing up front and personal. Then, you know, I, it's it's bad stuff. Well, hey, listen, I pre—I I don't want you to be driving and not paying attention. Where are you from? Where's home for you?
17: Uh, Ainer, South Carolina. It's about thirty minutes from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina
2: okay all right well if i'm anywhere that you are please come by and say hello okay it'd be a pleasure to meet you in person
17: yes sir man i'd love to meet you too man uh my question for you brother uh cutting promos man the fire that you have and just the realism and everything that you put behind every promo you've ever cut man
6: it, i mean it's just
17: awesome i can't even i can't even put it into words how how much different yours are compared to other people, you know what I mean? And uh thank you. How do you get that fire, man? I mean, I know I know I try to do whenever I'm cutting promos but I get the opportunity to do anymore. <laughs> um I try to I try to believe every word I say, you know, and that helps me I guess. But what what's some advice you can give?
2: Well that's that is the key is believing that what you say is a hundred percent Accurate and true. And here's something that I put in my head. You gotta you gotta remember, I was put in a position to be standing there with JJ Rick Flair, holy Anderson, and Tully Blanchard, who all had more experience than me. I was the rookie of the crew. They all had more credibility than I did. They were all better than I was. So here's the rookie walking in. And that's what I had to go up against. And so knowing I couldn't have the pizzazz that Ric Flair could have, or Tully Blanchard was one of those guys you wanted to reach through the screen and choke him. Ole Anderson scared me to death, and he was my partner. And J.J. Dillon was the word-wise – or not announcer, but – you know, he was our manager, but he just, everything he said was so articulate. I had to carve out a niche. And the only way I could figure out was go, Hey, you're in over your head here. You got to prove to your, not only the audience, but yourself and your partners that you belong in this spot. And that's what I would think about when I went through the curtain or somebody put a microphone in my mouth, be believable, incredible. credible. Be one of those guys that believes what you say and you know, go out and do what you say and just be uh just be that guy that when I threaten a guy, I made good on it. And and that's the key to my interview style if that makes sense.
17: Absolutely, brother. The first time I was on T V and got to cut a promo on T V, they turned me ill and I was listening to some of your old promos. And you talked about there's 2,000 people in this wrestling organization, one that can talk a big game one that can back it up. And I used that in my first promo, man. So not to say I sold from you, but I'd be stealing from the best. That's for sure.
2: Well, we all steal from each other. So, Blake, that's cool.
17: Thank you, brother. Not take up too much time. Thank you all so much for this. And uh, you all have a good day. You all pray for us.
2: Yes, sir. We will. best of luck to you. Thank you, sir.
17: Thank you.
1: Well, we will do Blake. Absolutely. And a wrestling historian is next on our list. We just got a couple more. If I didn't get to anybody, make sure you drop a note there in the chat. A wrestling historian. Are you there?
15: Yes. Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, go for it.
15: Mr. Anderson, how you doing, sir?
2: Very good. You? Not too Ooh.
15: bad. Uh, we met a couple of years ago at StarCast and I asked you how long it took for you to write your book and i believe he said it was only a month i think so um how did that come together uh getting that on the book
2: well it was a, a friend of mine uh bob blackburn who had been in the business for a minute but then he was a uh financial advisor uh And he was my financial advisor and we became good friends. And he said, you know, there's a book out there and you should, you know, you should write it because I think people would read it. And um, he got it published and it was on a very small scale and we pretty much sold the rights to to, uh, Amazon. And they've been carrying that book for, God, I don't know, ever since it came out. What's that probably... 24 25 years or something. but I just tried to make it you know part wrestling stories and there's a section in there, favorite hotels and restaurants and favorite music and all that. And I just wanted to make it a light read, just something that you could read in a couple of settings, no big deal and uh, not get too heavy into anything um, and just make it almost like you know bit getting a double thick, usa paper and reading it you get everything and you know all the different you know topics of the day so that's that's what it was and uh, it's still around
15: yeah i thought uh, it was pretty cool that you got to do that because it's around that same time i believe uh goldberg and ddp have their books
2: i think mine was before that and it was never going to encroach on those guys you know um totally separate. Obviously they have different stories. Mine was a more diverse story, I think. So, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to read it or what uh, you yeah. thought of it or.
15: you uh, actually signed up for me, uh, for WrestleMania 34.
2: Okay. What did you think? Um,
15: well, I, I get, because you're, uh, uh you come from, that generation, so I understand you want to protect the business and you don't want to throw people under the bus. Um, you know you have a very uh, you have a very long career so um, it's uh, okay. for that kind of
2: you, you can say it. you were probably you know you were expecting to really get a look behind the curtain and to get what we get today, but you have to remember guys from my era, you would have been blackballed out of the business if you would have done that when I first started. Now it evolved to Vince McMahon telling everybody every chance he got that it was just entertainment. Right. I was still one of the guys that came from that, that era that you protected the business because if the house went down, guess what? You couldn't make your house note. Couldn't pay your bills unless you drew money and the company made money. You weren't going to get paid. So it came from a distant, different era, and, and I wrote it kayfabe. It was intended to be kayfabe because even though a lot of people were going on media shows and everything and going, hey, it's sports entertainment, I wasn't doing it and uh, couldn't be held responsible for it, and that's the way I felt at the time. I've certainly loosened up with the podcast because I was, I was troubling with letting everybody in and here's, this may help you. And this is the only way I can explain this. My feelings about the business. If I took my wife and two boys when they were younger and we went to Vegas and let's just say I took them to David Copperfield and we sat there for two hours and we paid a handsome chunk of money And we saw all these amazing things that we couldn't figure out. How does he do that? The magic is what made me feel good about spending 80 bucks per ticket, you know, which was a lot of money at my house, but I'm watching all these things happen. And the show is just like, man, how does that happen? And you get right to the very end to the part to where the guy flies around the arena And we're sitting there going, Jesus Christ, I don't see a wire anywhere. If some guy on the stage flipped on all the house lights and went, oh, don't worry about it, guys. Now you can see the wire. It's all just a magic tack. Wouldn't you feel pretty shitty about sitting there for however many hours and spending however many bucks? You wouldn't feel as good about it. I wouldn't. So I was not going to give away the magic because I thought it hurt the fans. It did not benefit the fans. It made a less, less good feeling, I think, about the business. Does that make any kind of sense to you?
15: Oh, yeah. It's a, that's a great analogy.
2: It's just my now. It's the way I felt about it. I wasn't doing it because I thought every fan thought it was 100% real. that was never my intention. I just didn't want to give away the magic and make it less of a viewing experience for you.
15: All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to answer that.
2: You betcha.
1: Thank you so much. And we have one last question and it's coming from Jeff. There you are, Jeff. How are you? Thanks for waiting.
3: Oh, thank you. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Anderson, for taking the time to do this. You betcha. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I did have a question as far as like over the last few weeks or so with the AEW shows, a lot of folks coming in like surprises and things like that. Is there ever a concern that eventually if that doesn't happen, that that might generate like a loss of interest or a disappointment with the fan base?
2: With the guys that are coming in?
3: Um, well, the fact that maybe there's a week where maybe there isn't a surprise.
2: Oh, okay. So you're saying we're hot-shotting it so much that you almost have to keep it up? Is that that basically what you're saying? To yeah. keep from disappointing the audience?
3: Yeah, just just as, a, I don't know, ultimately with disappointment, but just a feeling like, wow, like nobody debuted this week or nobody
9: just showed up.
2: Well, you know, there's a lot of really good talent that don't get on TV because you only have so much time, only have so many segments. There are a lot of talent on, you know, that show that you never see, you know, you'll go four or five weeks without seeing some of these guys. I'll give you an example, Jungle Boy is not on TV every week. And the kid's very, very talented. And you, you go, God almighty, where's he been? I haven't seen him in a while. I almost think that... You know, all of a sudden we had Big Show and all of a sudden we had Mark Henry and there were some big additions, Uh, you know, uh, Andrade, you know, guys showing up. And there's really not enough segments once they debut to get them and all the other angles that we're pushing all in one show. So I almost think we're debuting too many guys too soon other than Here's a debut. Let's have a month of this before we go to another group of talent. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, I think we. Uh, I don't think we'll get in a position to where you say, "Well, they didn't really give me anything special this week." I think that has to come from the talent that's already on the roster, not necessarily bringing somebody else new because. You know, some of the people we're bringing in you, you guys approve of, and I'm sure there's some of them that you don't. So it can work for you or work against you.
3: Thank you for answering the
1: question. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure
1: Jeff and all the rest of us are looking forward to the big debut of Rampage uh, for some more time to uh, give some talent some more TV time.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to that too. You know, I think it was a pretty healthy talent roster in AEW. And if you saw them all sitting in one room, you go, wow, I forgot about him or forgot about her. Unless you're in at an a current angle, it's hard to get everybody on TV. And that's just one of those things that, that you figure out and you realize it and you just have to do your best. Tony Khan has a, has a tough job, but I think he's doing an excellent job with it and the show has been kick-ass, and it will continue to be kick-ass. I can assure you that.
1: Absolutely. And I know myself and all the top guys and my pushers here, we will be watching. And my gosh, Arn, people are going to name their kids after you. They've enjoyed watching you with their families. And uh, we have certainly enjoyed hanging out with you tonight. So thank you so much for letting us pick your brain. And uh, we'll be listening to The Arn Show.
2: The honor is all mine, guys. Anything we can do, we're all one family here. And uh, I just want you to know, we appreciate all of y'all, Christy. Now you're included uh, with myself. And uh, you know we appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you.
1: Yes, you all are welcome. And if you are listening to this later, remember, you can get it early and ad-free by signing up at adfreeshows.com. And you could have been here asking her a questions. So we hope you will join us next time. And we will see you all soon. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you, Arn. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. Thanks, Arne. Thanks for hey,
6: Arne. The
13: hey, Arne. hey Thank Arne. You. My favorite quote from you, year you was the one where you said the buffalo and the shampoo about Tony's and Bonnie's <laughs> ability of having kids.
2: <laughs> we won't say that in front of Christy. That was a little.
13: <laughs> That's why I kept it clean.
2: Good man. All right, guys. Be, be safe out there, okay? Hey, Arne. You too, Arn. Thanks, Arn. Take care. Take care.
1: Bye y'all. All All right, guys. Thank you all so much. It was so great to see you all again. Um, Have a fantastic weekend.
13: Thanks. Thanks for hosting, Christy.
17: Thank
1: you. It was was my pleasure, guys.
5: Thanks, Christy. Bye, Arne.
1: Thanks,
17: Christina. We'll see you soon.
13: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips
12: to cut strokes off your next round. together,